Follow us on Facebook at Off Script with Super E Podcast. Also follow us on Twitter at Off Script Pod underscore one. Off Script with Super E recommends listener discretion as these real but sometimes uncensored stories can be filled with mature content. Hello everybody, Jay here back with our remote broadcast from a fine truck stop out um, in western our state, heading out on this road. There we go. And uh, we just put a great, great episode in the can. We're 40 nope. miles from the Flying K. We'll go ahead. <laughs> nope. No, yeah, exactly. That, that voice you hear right there, of course, is Super E. Super E, what do you got? Oh, not too much. What's up, A-Train? What do you got? You know, I just really like this road trip stuff. We're out here. We're at the truck stop. I feel like we're seven and going to like, you know, a right. little, little school bus trip or something. Absolutely. <laughs> Sometimes we have Clark the Griswold's behind the wheel. Sometimes. Well, okay. Most of the time. Yeah. No, I'm um, enjoying this. and uh, Yeah. And uh, we are running video. Got uh, A-Train sitting behind the wheel over there. You can see me talking, so you know I'm Jay, and back there, all looking. Uh, Not like, Jim Joneses. <laughs> a little Jim Joneses. <laughs> yeah, if, if, if uh, Super E offers some Kool-Aid up, man, don't drink it today. I, I ain't drinking he, it. He's got the Jim Jones thing going. Anyway, I don't see anybody. Remember, you know what? We did kind of cover a Jonestown and a former episode we sure did so, so I, did if, that inspire you Super? i don't even remember it. i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> listeners if you don't know what we're talking about you got to go back and listen to all the other episodes that's right that's yeah. right that's what we call a teaser to teaser yeah so my sister and a train's wife you have to go all the way back yeah right <laughs> and my eight-year-old nephew Caden. yeah yeah and those two people that i met at a bar the other night <laughs> sent them a link <laughs> got to do that. All right, well, Super E. Well, what I'm going to talk about today is I think every uh, police officer has stumbled on to being lucky and uh, Johnny on the spot or extremely lucky. And the, oh, I just picked my nose on camera. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, the first one I'm going to talk about was Seven. way back in the day. Seven. <laughs> <laughs> it was way back in the day. Before we, everybody had a cell phone, it was like in the mid-90s or late-90s. And my old partner, RJ, we remember, and Double S, Big Steve, they were working an investigation of a hillbilly bar right in the dead center of our lovely city that was kind of on the lower end of the income. And uh, this redneck bar was having some cocaine dealings now, out of is, it. Is a redneck and a hillbilly the same thing? Yeah, I, I think so. Okay. For purposes of the show, they are. Okay. Yes. Just, just I, I'm sure curious. there's a distinction. 
Right. But I'm not sure what it is. If anybody knows, it seems like it'd be Jay since he is the main hillbilly. <laughs> he's, of the he's both. Well, why yeah. do you think I was asking? Because <laughs> I, I got formal definitions for both, but yeah. we'll leave that for another time. Can okay, we, okay, Jessica. I, I didn't know that. Will you please give us the definitions? I really don't. <laughs> oh, my God. I, okay. If, you're, <laughs> I wanted to hear. if your front porch collapses <laughs> and more than five dogs were killed, you might be a redneck. Right, right. And I have climbed a water tower with a bucket of paint to defend my sister's honor. There you That's go. That's a redneck. Okay. Yes. Okay. There we go. <laughs> okay. Anyways, so uh, RJ and Big Steve asked me to assist them by being the undercover, and then they said, can you get your Fountain Square Demi Moore to go in with you? Because if it's a guy and a girl... They all have better luck of uh, cold calling dope buys. Cold call means. Go ahead. I, I know you're. It, did she really look like Demi Moore? Yes, Moore's? and talk like her too. Really? Yes. Okay. So did we ever meet her? No. I don't. I would remember yeah. that. This, was this prior A Train and Jay coming into your life on a regular basis? Uh, well, as a as a working unit, yes, because this okay. was about 1998. Okay. Yeah. He called us a unit. Yes, he did. <laughs> I should have said unique. But anyways. <laughs> so they send me and Fountain Square Demi okay. into this redneck bar. And I said, okay, who's the suspect that you got to complain on that's selling the cocaine, crack cocaine? And they said, we don't know his name. We don't know what he looks like. We don't know anything about him. But he will be the only African-American male in this bar. Okay. And he's because it's a redneck bar. Redneck bar. Okay. And he usually gets in there at 3 p.m. So we're like, all right. Doesn't the defense have a name for that? I have no idea. What? Profiling? Oh, no, Targeting? it's not. No, no, no. No, I mean, it could no. be he, the guy could have had red hair and he was the only red haired guy in there. Exactly. I think. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think that's great, Adrian. I don't know. Yeah, you're you're the lawyerly one amongst us. Okay, know. if F. Lee Bailey's done talking now, <laughs> sorry. Please continue, Super A. We'll continue with the story. <laughs> F. Lee J. Anyways, so they send me and Fountain Square Demi into this bar. We're looking around, and all we see is redheaded hillbillies, like Jay said. And uh, oh, there went <laughs> there went my example. <laughs> God, okay. Go we, on. So all we see is hillbillies. We don't see anybody who remotely looks like the description of the complaint. And so I do not drink at all. So I have no tolerance for alcohol. And Fountain Square Demi Moore, she had sworn off alcohol because it made her life even more crazier. So we're sitting there and about a half hour goes by and we don't see anybody who looks like uh, the person we're looking for. And I'm just sipping uh, Jack and Cokes because I can't stand the taste of beer and I could sip the Jack and Cokes but then Fountain Square Demi she's just sipping on the long neck uh, buds but about an hour later I call because we only had one cell phone I get on a pay phone inside the bar call up Big Steve and say hey nobody's here it's been an hour they say stay in there he'll be there I'm like okay so we're we're still sipping and next thing I know I think Fountain Square Demi starts guzzling, and I'm taking bigger sips than I normally would, and I have no tolerance. So about 4.30 in the afternoon, 
uh, we had our Kel set on, and I think they heard us going, Oh, dang, Zine! <laughs> and, and a Kel set is a wire. Yes, transmitting device, so they right. can hear us go, oh, I love you. <laughs> oh, you, I love you. So, anyways, here, the door opens up, and this guy comes walking in. And I'm like, hey, he's an African-American male. And I look around, he's the only one. I know nothing, any, nothing about him, nothing at all. And I just jumped up and I go, James! I just blurted out a name. And he looked over at me and goes, yeah, what do you want? And I went, holy shit. His name's James. James it is. And I looked down at Fountain Score Demi. I said, hey, my girl knows you from the truck stop. You know her. And he looked at her and goes, yes, I do. I went, oh, now, now I know he's lying. He just thinks she's good looking. And so he sits down with this. And I said, yeah, she says she gets a lot of crack off you. And he goes, she sure does. And so Fountain Square Demi goes, uh, hey, we want to get some more. He goes, well, come across the street to my aunt's house. We're like, okay. So we go inside and we meet his aunt. I thought she was like 55 years old. And he goes, you guys wait here. Talk to my aunt. My guy is going to be pulling up any, any second. And, uh. We said, okay. So we start talking to his aunt and she was so nice and she was talking about the history of our town. And I'm like, wait a minute. You're talking about things in the twenties. How old are you? She goes, I am a hundred years old. Wow. And I'm like, no fucking way. I completely forgot about the dope deal. And I kept asking about, did you know <laughs> Dillinger and all this stuff? She goes, oh, I remember Dillinger. Oh, yeah, we, you know, he was a big deal back in the day. And then, so I'm talking to her, and then here comes James. He comes stumbling back in. And uh, he goes, I got what you guys, come over here. And he'd act like he didn't want his aunt to know what was going on. So we go in the back room, and he, he looks at me, then he looks at Fountain Square Demi, and goes, hey, I just want to make sure you guys aren't the police. What do we got to do? And he looked over at Fountain Square Demi, he goes, let me see. Let me see your tit. And uh, <laughs> she pulls up her top and shoulder and her boob. And he goes, okay. And then he looked over at me. He goes, I didn't ask. No, you can put your shirt down. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought this was both of us. Okay. I was a little insulted. Yeah. So anyways, buy, we buy crack off him. And then he gives me his phone number. So the very next day, RJ had me call the dude up. And I'm like, James, it's me, Ray. I said, I want to get some more of that. I got a hundred bucks burned home in my pocket. I'm going to get some more. And so he goes, meet me back over here. It was right by the bar. So I pull up in this old pickup truck. He jumps in. He goes, here you go, Ray. And he sold me a couple hundred dollars worth of crack. And I give him a couple hundred dollars. And then he looked at me. He goes, Ray, I got a question to ask you. And I said, what's that, James? He goes, you wouldn't happen to be the police, would you? I said, no. And then I was thinking about it. I go, you know what, James? He goes, what? You know that question you asked me about being the police? He goes, Yeah. I said, I think that would have really been wiser of you to ask that prior to putting dope in my hand twice. And he goes, oh, yeah, you're right. But at least I know you're not the police. And right as he was saying police, the passenger door opens and RJ reaches in, grabs him and rips him out. And he disappears in like one second. And he was sitting um, in the truck and then he's gone. So let's describe RJ real quick. Uh, go ahead, one of y'all. Go, you want me to do it? Yeah, go for it. Okay, if you take Sean Connery, 1990s Sean Connery, uh, filling with some steroids and having bench pressed 350 pounds every day, seven days a week, 
there, there's RJ. He looked exactly, and he had the big, long uh, Fu Manchu mustache. Bald head. I was Bald say, head. He and, shaved her up. And and the funny thing about it was, his, and he had uh, the hair on the side of his head was like gray, and he had like a little gray ponytail for a while, and mm. then his mustache was coal black. <laughs> right. <laughs> and his eyebrows were gray. So yeah. He looked he looked like a, a bald headed skunk out there that would stomp you into the ground. <laughs> he always reminded me of uh Mr. Clean yes. on the detergent bottle. If he yes. had a Scottish accent too like Sean Connery. No Yes. A train I, I I'm trying to re- remember, if you will, uh past episodes. Did we cover your RJ story? With the um, covering up of the glory hole. <laughs> no, that was that was uh, that was super easy. Okay, did we cover that? I don't know if I we mean, did. I don't know. But oh, well, hell, already. Or um, super. Yeah, give me ten <laughs> fucking dollars, Jay. <laughs> uh, are we are we finished up with this story though? I got well. You know what? I'll do the. He's got notes. I'll do I'll do the I'll do the other one and that involves RJ too and then I'll tell that one. All right, right on. Okay, here's another. Use your notes and tell us a tale. I know. <laughs> well, it's not like I'm cheating. I'm not taking my final exam. <laughs> I didn't know he could write. Uh, <laughs> oh. Oh my God! Go have another full sausage and gravy. <laughs> yeah, hey, you had three plates of breakfast in front of you. I had a couple biscuits you with were some scra- gravy. You were out. scraping the hash browns off my plate like a raccoon. Ugh, whatever. He just called you a raccoon. All right, we'll, we'll get to the second. <laughs> Lucky in the right place at the right time. All right, right on. Again, so now we're even going farther back in time. We're going back in time of... Uh, Motley Crue and Dr. Feelgood, 1989. Mm-hmm. And me and RJ were driving around. And back then, a lot of times, you had to supply your own undercover car. And me and RJ were cruising around in my 1964 Buick Special with a Fireball V6. And me and RJ are driving around. We're in the White Castle area of the hot dog stand. And we noticed <laughs> there's a... There's a whole bunch of... All the prostitutes smelled like onions. <laughs> Anywho, getting back to me and RJ, circa 1989. I guess it is his show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he keeps trying. <laughs> we were driving around in the 64 Buick Special, and we see a bunch of the square body Ford LTDs, which we, we all know were homicide and robbery detective vehicles. And they were swarming around like buzzing bees in this area. And RJ goes, these boys are up to something. So RJ got on our channel and goes, uh, Control, what is Homicide up to out here? They're driving all over the place at this location. And the uh, dispatcher says, they have, they're on the lookout for a homicide suspect who shot a guy. It was like the, it was called the Club. We can't use the names, can we? Mm-mm. Okay, we'll call it Club Chubby for My Name is Earl. A, a suspect caught, uh, shot a guy at the Club Chubby last night, killed him. And he's walking around the newspaper article in one hand and the gun he killed the guy with the other bragging to everybody. I wish that was my case. Yes. Wow. But then I guess he realized that somebody was bound to call the police. So when he saw that police were coming, he took off and was running between houses and stuff. And so dispatcher advises of this and me and RJ were sitting there, huh, I wonder if where he's at now. And RJ's like, 
man, he's probably hiding somebody's attic, somebody's basement. Once he got wind that these guys are looking for him, he's holed up somewhere. We're never going to find him. And I go, he's right there. Right as RJ said that, I saw some dude come running between two houses and he's looking behind him like a uh, one of the homicide uh, cars went up the street. He's looking behind him. He's got a newspaper article in one hand and a big fucking gun in the other. And he was built like he looked exactly like Mike Tyson. It's RJ Cullen. Hold on a second. Oh, a- edit this. <laughs> Can you edit this? Yeah. No, why would <laughs> Go Hold ahead. Us. Take your call. Hello? Hey, are you busy? Yes. Oh, All right. Okay. I'm doing the podcast. Oh. Thanks for interrupting. <laughs> Talk to you later. <laughs> Is that one of the little super easy? Uh, that's my mom. She's in the hospital on life support. No, <laughs> oh, <I'm kidding>. God. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her you call her back. Yeah. So, so anyways, where were we? Oh, I, so I see the guy. No, keep going, keep going. You see the guy. We just lost. So, so I, I see the guy. He's running between the houses, looking behind him, and he's carrying the newspaper article in one hand and the gun in the other. And he's, like I said, he's built like Mike Tyson. And the dispatch put out that he was, he had on a, a blue ball cap, red tank top, jeans, and white Run DMC tennis shoes. And I'm like, there he is. So me and RJ get out. And we just start walking towards the guy. He doesn't really see us yet. And we get up to about 20 feet from him. And we're, you know, wearing, you know, uh, tank tops and work boots and stuff. So we don't look like police. Long hair. RJ's bald with the ponytail. And uh, we're carrying the 357s at the time. And, you know, they look like giant hand cannons. And so we yell at the guy, hey, drop the gun. We're the police. So I'm holding my badge out with my gun. And the guy gets into a stance and points the gun dead at me. Oh. And I'm like, holy shit. I said, put the gun down. I'm going to shoot as I'm walking towards him. Do you ever see them little fences in the inner city that like the fences like about two foot tall that they line a little garden with or flowers? Yeah. I'm looking at the guy pointing the gun at me from 20 feet away, slowly walking up on him. And my foot gets caught in one of them. And I go, I go, I just went down a little bit where I was bent over. And then RJ's behind me, and RJ says, I'm going to shoot you right now if you don't pull that trigger. And RJ probably would have hit him quicker than I would have. And so RJ was squeezing the trigger, getting ready. And then the guy finally just threw the gun and newspaper article out of his hands. And so we run up on him. Now, remember, he's a big dude. And uh, we throw him down, and he lands on the ground. We pick him up. We put him in the car, and we drive over to the homicide guys. And we're feeling, you know— as proud as can be of what we done. Then we go, what is that smell? I said, dude, you just shit yourself. He goes, no, man, you threw me in a big pile of dog shit. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so we had to get him out of the car, take his shirt off him, spray him down with the, san- the hand sanitizer. I, You know, because back then the vice guys used to carry extra shirts. And I had to give him this sh- uh, extra shirt I had and wipe the dog shit off with his shirt and, and <laughs> splashed him down. God. And uh, we delivered him into the homicide guys. With the, he was wearing a shirt that he was stretching out. And then all we said was, hey, man, could you put in the paper to the newspaper guy 
that the murder suspect was apprehended by the vice branch. And he goes, no problem. Next day, we weren't mentioned at all. But of course, it was just the knowledge that we helped out our community. So you got, yeah, you guys caught the uh, murder suspect and damn near gotten a shootout. Yes. And it was just, we were in the right place at the right time. And this dumbass was going around going, hey, read this article. This is a gun that was used, and I'm the guy. Can I ask a question about that? Yeah. So he was carrying the article about him shooting the guy? Yes, he's carrying the article, the newspaper article, about where he's the suspect, <laughs> and this is the gun. Look, everybody. And then it's like, wait, wait a minute. How come the police are chasing after me? I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say he probably pled insanity. I don't, I don't know anything what happened after that. Well, there's that. Mm. Hand in hand. Good one. That's a good job there, Super E. No problem. Well, A-Train, you're handling the controls over there. Do we do we have time for a... Yeah, sure. Go ahead. And, and let, okay, I'll give you one more. Give it to us. Okay, this involves homicide again. I'm driving around the northwest part of our city, and uh, one of our homicide detectives, I'll just give his first name, which was Jose. Mm-hmm. He had called me on the phone and said that they had a uh, witness to a homicide that they could not could not find. And I said, where is she at? And he goes, she's up there in this area. That's the apartments where, you know, it's all the Hispanic folks all lived up there. But she's a real tall white girl, about six foot two or three. Um, looks like that uh, praying manis from uh, Space Ghost Coast to Coast. You remember that one? Negative. Oh, okay. But anyways, so she had like the big question mark body with the hump back. Okay. And so Jose's telling me her description. He goes, okay, it's a white girl. She's in the in the apartments with where the Hispanics are. And uh, she's really ugly. And, and I said, what do you mean? He goes, man, you won't believe how far apart her eyeballs are. I'm like, what are you talking about? You could build a super Walmart between her eyeballs. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't... What? He goes, oh, yeah, she's got, like, blonde hair, but, man, she is ugly as shit. So you knew she wasn't going to be looking through binoculars to see you coming. Egg, egg, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They'd have good. to be two, you know, two single ones held 10 feet apart. But anyways, so he's telling me, man, you, you'll once you see her, you'll know it's her. And I'm like, okay. And I'm, I said, I'm driving through that uh, apartment complex now. I'm going real slow. He goes, remember, her eyeballs are real far. And right as he was saying that, this big, tall, blonde chick stepped right in front of my vehicle. It was dark out. My headlights were on bright. Boom, I'm looking dead at her. It's the chick with the hammerhead shark eye <laughs> looking at me. And when, right when Jose goes, remember the eyeballs, I'm like, fuck, it's her. <laughs> and he's like, what? I go, Jose, she just stepped in front. She's looking right at me. And she's wondering what the fuck I'm screaming about. So I said, I'm going to get off the phone with you. So I get off the phone, and she walks over to the side. She goes, what are you hollering about? I go, oh, nothing. I, I think the Colts kicked a field goal or something like that. I made something up. But but it's a Tuesday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I had to think of something quick. So she gets in the car, and she goes, what are you doing up here? You know, why are you in this area? I said, oh, I was looking for a car for sale. She goes, oh, really? I go, yeah, you're not doing anything else. No, why do you ask? Just wondering, you know what I'm doing out here? I got, I got no clue. She goes, I'm trying to make some money. I said, that's that's okay with me. 
And she goes, yeah, but the way I make money, I also get arrested by the police. So you're not the police, are you? And I'm like, no. So for 40 minutes, Ooh. I had to sit here and talk to this girl because I knew Jose needed her because she mm -hmm. was a witness mm -hmm. to a homicide. And you didn't want to put a charge on her because that would hurt her testimony. E exactly. So anyways, I finally got enough for the arrest. And she goes, oh, what can I do? I said, here's what you can do. You're a pot. I think you're a witness to a homicide. And she was, I don't want to do any of that. And I said, it's up to you. I'm going to give you a chance because I will not lock you up right now if you go talk to Detective Jose. She thought about it. She goes, no, I'll do that. I'll go ahead and do that. And I was like, right on. So she goes down there and tells Jose what he needed to know. And I was just in the right place at the right time to get Miss Bug Eye praying mantis. Nice job. You know, super not great. all heroes wear capes. Exactly. Yeah. Wear a super E shirt. Yeah, right. Nice job. So uh, her eyes really were. Oh, they were far apart. Oh, they were so far apart. Oh my God. Mm -mm -mm. You you could have put a yardstick between there. <laughs> I, I she, wonder if she had to identify the suspect in court. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, turn her head. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. Put what, him about 10 feet to the left. Yeah, what A-Train did there was he turned his head to the side real quick. And oh, yeah. It was funny. Video ran out. <laughs> <laughs> Camera cut out. Uh, All right, how are we doing on time? You know, we're probably about that time. All right, because I, I think I'm out of shit right now. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, your notes, I'm just still... There's, ton, yeah. there, there's tons of them. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, Super E, fantastic job. Thank you. Um, A-Train, unless you got something, take us out. No, I I do just want to say, you know, we are we're mobile now. We're on the road. We might end up yeah. in your neighborhood next, yeah. people. You know, we're gonna buy that van we talked about. Yeah, mobile, not studio, not a creepy yeah, van. Yeah, is it gonna have windows? A mobile no. broadcast. <laughs> there won't studio. be a big bag of candy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> all right i am gonna take us out on that one all right see you everybody all right bye <laughs>